Buenos dias, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Tonight, we'll finish our long overdue discussion of the 2021 Euro and catch up on the U.S. performance in the Gold Cup. Plus, we'll do a deep dive on the Premier League kits that have already leaked. A visual segment on an audio podcast? That's what we're all about on the STL podcast, so let's kick off. All right, welcome in everyone. Welcome back to the Soccer Talk Wads podcast. My name is Stephen Ground. I am joined by the only man to ever wear a 90s Norwich City jersey to a wake, Justin Horniker. Justin, how was that experience? Oh, it was good. I mean, everyone understood. You know, yeah. once I get that jersey, I'm never taking it off. That's that's right. It's an appropriate <laughs> moment. And uh, our friend Ian is on assignment covering a werewolf soccer league in Mozambique. Mm. I'm beginning to think he will never return. But uh, no, he is. Uh, he'll be back. You know, they have a real witch problem over there. So we'll see how they that do. goes. Exactly. <laughs> the witches are fighting the werewolves and he's stuck in the middle of it. And it's a whole big thing. So uh, we thought we'd get back together and do some some soccer talking, which is, you know, what's in our name? It's it's right there in the name of the podcast. Oh, yeah. We're not just about puns. We're also no. about <laughs> real, just real serious soccer talk. Uh-huh. Um. And we can talk, start by talking about some renderings, the, the favorite R word of St. Louis City SC fans, uh, the renderings of, of, in this case, a parking garage uh-huh. is the big, big new reveal, a big old parking garage across the street <laughs> from the arena uh, with a, you know, it looks like some sort of screen or mesh covering which sure. is interesting or transparent to a point. Yeah. Detail. Uh, and, um, you know, a, a, a giant long pink, uh, well not pink, you know, yeah, there are, there are a couple of key features, this parking garage. It's not any old parking. Garage, no, so no, it's a little it's, more exciting than that. It's a <laughs> zigzaggy pink staircase on the outside mm. and then a balcony on the parking garage from which I presume you can see into the stadium as there are people standing there and, and apparently watching again, this by the way, is the most happenest parking garage oh, happening yeah. parking garage that I've ever seen. People just love to hang out at this because place. I would assume that this is pre game. So there are both people hanging about up top and walking in back into the parking garage for some mm-hmm. reason. I, I don't know. It's yeah. It's well, a mess. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Why wouldn't there be people walking back into the park? I want to propose, because I don't think this is set in stone yet, but I want to propose that instead of this giant city red slide, this Rasmataz slide, it's the stairs, it's, we turn it into a slide. Uh, yeah. I think that'd be fun. You know, you get into your parking spot, you park up top, and then you just slide on down to ground level. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's the way to go. I think slides should yeah, be just... If we're trying to attract big signings, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, and I think slides should just be the given for all of be. our society. Anytime there's an be. opportunity for a slide, it should be a slide, mm-hmm. you know. So that's uh, that's exciting. That's a big, you know, it's it's the fun of uh-huh. slowly and agonizingly working towards a, um, you know, a, a team that's still two years away. Uh we also we hired a culinary uh, executive. I don't know if we've talked about that. Oh, since I don't think time. so. Yeah, I missed that in the notes. You know, he's looking for things like uh, sugar fire and Gus's pretzels and all sorts of St. Louis traditions that you can put in a soccer stadium. Um, and there have been some other hires, some, you know, some news on the academy and stuff like that as well. Uh why don't we talk about these academy coaches a little bit? Yeah, something that, that have. will actually impact the on-field product at some point. Yeah. Uh, I thought these are some good hiring, Stephen. What were your kind of your first impressions when you saw that we made these announcements? Well, for one thing, this uh, 
team just loves German people, which is, you know, I'm down hey, with that. Who can blame them? Um, who could blame them? Andreas Schumacher is the new uh, head coach of the academy. And yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things. It's it's relying on Europe a lot, which I know some people say, hey, people really need to be familiar with MLS to succeed in MLS. Mm. Um, and I think that's a legitimate concern, but it's also, there's a lot of cachet here, a lot of people with some, you know, genuine um, credentials and some serious backgrounds that come and add to the team. Um you know, Stuttgart representing, as always, talks up talk about the German connection. Uh, Schumacher has 10 years of experience in the Bundesliga, mostly as an extent assistant coach at Stuttgart. Um, and, you know, probably that history with Lutz as well. Uh, but, yeah, I feel I'm not going to pretend that I know the intimate details of mm. all of these coaches uh, coaching history or anything like that. But I feel pretty good. How do you feel? I feel pretty good, too, because like I said, Stephen, there is there is some European influence there. There isn't much MLS influence, but there is a lot of St. Louis influence here. Um, scrolling down. So past Schumacher, you have Tim Kelly, who's been the longtime SCLFC, and then Scott Gallagher, goalie coach. Uh, Tim Kelly was actually the one he helped me out a lot when I wrote that article about Zach Stevens development last year, which you can nice. catch so. on the sock talks lad blog that I will write on again soon. I promise. So you're saying that you had the inside track to our Academy goalkeeper coach. Yeah, I, I guess that's what you're saying. Um, someone that is like really <laughs> generous with their time, I think would be a better way of putting that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I read it how I wanted to read it. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Don't interpret my truth for me, Justin. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. To you, <laughs> but there's a lot of, you know, like good St. Louis cash J here. So Tim Kelly, obviously Charles Rankin, he played for Scott Gallagher before going to Europe. Uh, Elvier Kavicic and David Crotchley both have St. Louis college experience. So there's a lot of good local connections when you talk about building out this local academy. Um, David Crotchley was the coach at Lou Fuse, which is a huge outside Scott Gallagher, probably the second biggest uh, youth program here in St. Louis. That's where my cousin has come up in and played for it. He's going to be in the academy. So there's a lot of good local mm -hmm. Scott Gallagher and Lou Fuse connections there as well, which I enjoy. So we're just saying that Justin has deep, deep oh, yeah. connections. In I'm the, the expert on this podcast. Well, uh, if anyone heard some weird dings or, or bloops, I guess I was trying to mute notifications and accidentally click Siri. So hopefully both of those are taken <laughs> care of now, but uh, you know, a very professional podcast here. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I think, I think these hires and, just the timing of them at the very least suggests that this team's really like putting an emphasis on the Academy as does all the stuff with um, closing down, uh, you know, the USL team. Hmm. And um, I know we've talked in the past about like USL fans being upset and I get that for sure. But I also am really excited to see what a professional development organization uh, can do with the uh, rich vein of soccer talent that tends to come out of St. Louis. And I know that, you know, there's a, a very strong argument that, you know, that sort of regional rights of mm. uh, control for MLS teams probably is a little counterproductive. However, if you are in a region that has a lot of great soccer talent, that's only going to be to your advantage. So um, I think that's, you know, I think it's a, a wise area for the invent for the group to invest pretty heavily and try and take advantage of, of those Scott Gallagher, Gallagher programs, Lou Fuse, whatever is around, um, you know, not what's the uh, cutest. Can't forget cutest. Oh yeah. You can't forget cutest. <laughs> powerhouse sponsor of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's smart for them to take that really seriously and try and take advantage of it. It gets me excited, definitely. Yeah. Like without a team on the field, at least there's something to kind of get into that they're making all the right moves, as far as I can tell. Right. And now that we've discussed this team, uh, 
and their latest news and they're recording a podcast on Sunday. I'm sure on Monday they'll drop more renderings that we'll then have to wait a week or two to talk about because that seemed to be the rhythm. Um, I thought you were going to say now they made all the right moves. They're going to bring in Jurgen Klinsmann to replace Lutz uh, tomorrow and then we'll have to react to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that could be, that could happen to you. That would require quite a reaction. Uh, I stumped you. Is... I stumped you with that one. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> this is, uh, this is something not related to the sport we're talking about at all, but it is related to two other sports and I read it and I needed to get your live reactions. Uh, Ryan Lambert tweeted a headline that reads as the Cleveland Indians become the Cleveland guardians. Why can't the Toronto Maple Leafs get a name that doesn't spell chronic failure? <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. <laughs> and it made me happy. Uh, all right. So moving on, we talked a lot about the Euro, uh, up until the knockout round and haven't talked about it since. So how do you feel now that Italy, uh, rightfully vanquished, uh, the, English football is not coming home. Um, the Maple Leafs of, oh, dang it. I should, oh, that was such an easy transition and I, I blew it. Gosh, dang it. Uh, I want to make place of global again. soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go into know, the edit suite folks. You sometimes you got to learn how the sausage gets made. And we're just going <laughs> to leave all this in here, but now moving on to the Maple Leafs of global, global soccer, global soccer. Oh all right. boy. Justin. All right. Oh boy. Uh, we've got, you know, teaming when the failures of the European final, first of all, uh, Italy established themselves as the team to beat pretty much from the hop on this uh, in this tournament. And they just didn't relinquish that at any point. So good for them, I think, especially as a team that had the huge disappointment at last year's World Cup or last last the last World Cup. Um, What did you think about the Italian team? What did you see from them? What did you like? Uh, and what they did. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's easy to say with them winning the tournament, but I thought they were the best team. Like, I think it's a well-deserved win with how they played during the group stage, or with, well, in the group stages too, but in the knockout rounds especially. Uh, England, I didn't think was as convincing, and they definitely got a nice run-up in, in that everything kind of fell to their spot. They didn't really have to play any of the tougher teams until they got to the final. Uh, to make mm-hmm. excuses for him, I'm sure. But they made it more exciting of a game than most people probably thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't want to totally discredit England, even though that would be fun, and I kind of do. Um, <laughs> kind of want to. they really did have kind of a cakewalk to get there. Uh going through you know as much as we love denmark they were kind of a cinderella story to get anywhere near as far as they were going Mm -hmm. as they got and then that game against ukraine was sort of laughable and the uh matchup against was it oh it was germany at first who are a powerhouse in name but didn't look like it Mm -hmm. at that tournament um going through some transitions getting a new head coach it just and the group wasn't that strong so it just feels like the tournament was laid out to get them pretty far and when they met their first super strong test that's when they kind of dropped the ball but Mm. um our predictions were real bad i do know that i do know (laughs) that our predictions didn't go if i could uh take the audience through a journey um we're coming to this from go back listen to our predictions on the last episode but i had belgium beating italy France beating Spain, which ended up being Italy beating Spain. I had Sweden or Germany being Sweden and then Netherlands beating Denmark. And I had England losing to Germany, of course. So it was real bad. Um, I did not do good. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that that Italy versus Spain game was probably like the actual final of this tournament. But yeah, I did not. I I did not do good in my predictions. Hey, you know, (laughs) It happens sometimes. I'm I don't remember the specifics of mine at the moment, but I do know that I had Sweden going deep, so that uh, that didn't happen. Emil Forsberg and seven hundred thousand other Forsbergs really let me down. Some Pettersons in there, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably, almost certainly. Um, but 
you know, it was a fun tournament. I thought it was a kind of the coming out party of global soccer again mm. after the pandemic. And it was a lot of fun. I'm very thankful for it. Now we've got the Olympics going on and I sure don't care. <laughs> I wish, I don't know. I wish I cared more than I do. The women, the U S women are, are great. They lost to Sweden though, which is some intrigue, but like, they did, I don't know. And they promptly scored six goals in the next game. So yeah, <laughs> it's a very toxic entitlement attitude of mine, but I find it hard to like get super excited about the U S women. Cause I feel like either they're dominating or they're disappointing. Mm. <laughs> like, like they should win everything and stomp through everyone, except maybe until like the very final or semifinal, you know, there are a couple, there are a couple of teams that are at least should give them a challenge, but um you know it's just it's hard for me to get super into like being the mega favorites of a tournament we're in this like fun spot as u.s soccer fans mm -hmm. where the women's team is going to be the favorite in every tournament they play from now into eternity yet yeah. we have this men's team who if they just look competent i'm happy with yeah so. oh yeah it's a, very, <laughs> it's a weird balance but it's it's definitely there um and i feel that way about the men's olympic team which obviously is is like a a b squad of a b squad of a b squad of young players but mm. you know it's still it's still exciting to have a team there uh, or do we not have a team in the we Olympics? don't that was, yes, that was the thing that was that was i was <laughs> i was remembering here's what happened i remembered last right. world cup and i was like we missed that that was embarrassing yeah. and i was like surely we didn't miss the next thing but I was thinking about World Cup qualifying still happening, and it was all bad. So I remember you were right though that the Olympics. Olympic qualifying team was like our DD team, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just didn't end well. So yeah. um, snafu there. But you know, mm -hmm. uh, I did. I did have this realization earlier this week. I thought I saw Richarlison was playing for Brazil, and I thought wait a minute, how is Richarlison playing for the Olympic team? Because I know it's like amateurs and U23s, right? Isn't that mm. the rule? And I thought that can't be possible. And then I looked it up and saw that he is only 24, He's which I guess. Well, so you get to have three overage players. Okay. So that's the All Olympic right. rules. So I that's also why. figured with the Olympics being delayed by a year, maybe, yeah, maybe you know, he, he counts anyway, but uh the moral of the story is finding out that Richarlison is only 24 made me sick to my stomach. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's really what happened there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the CONCACAF Gold Cup is also happening right Copa now. Copa Oro. Huh? It's Copa uh, Oro. Oh, yeah, Cup. yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited that this is happening. I'm excited that Qatar is a part of it. Uh-huh, right. We right. all are. Uh, not only a part of it, but a semifinalist, Justin. I mean, against Mexico, <laughs> they might make the final also, which is just going to be a true. fantastic Mexico has not looked phenomenal this tournament. By Although I will say that Qatar has probably been like the most fun team to watch in the Gold Cup. Like that game against Panama that ended up being 3-3 where Qatar was up like 3-0, I think, at half. And then Panama came back and they've had some wide open games. So hands to them for that, for at least making the tournament a little more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, they're, they don't really super belong here, but they <laughs> at least are making a run of it. You know, yeah. the U S team is a B team of a B team. Um, but all things considered, it's looked okay so far. I wouldn't say super great. I wouldn't say I'm supremely confident heading into a game against Jamaica. Um, tonight but it's looked all right how have you felt so far yeah i think i mean ask all the questions you want of this roster in general it was designed to answer questions for world cup qualifying which is you know who's going to be our starting striker who's gonna be able to step in and be that backup you know center back be that backup right back and then you know who's going to be the backup in the midfield and that's kind of what this whole thing is designed to you know figure out and then of course you've had some young players who don't usually get that opportunity look really well with you know sans is like fantastic busio through the first two games like really good and then we've had uh turner's had some good goalkeeping 
performances as well. So I think you're answering a lot of questions of that depth, but that's what it is. This is definitely outside of Daryl DK and maybe Matthew Happy. This is kind of our depth team. So making it this yeah. far, looking somewhat competent, not terrible. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm good with it. Yeah, I think there have been some players. James Sands is one that have, mm. you know, really kind of maybe made their argument for being looked at a little more as part yeah. of that potential. And hopefully we learn that Jackson Yule just isn't going to work out as a national team player. Which... Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we've learned that. I said the same thing about Zardes, but Jossie uh, sticks around. <laughs> uh, you won't stop texting him about it. And, you know, at some point it does become a little abusive, but I'm sorry. Hey. I apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are some players that are it's, you know, you want a deep rotation. You want guys, especially with as quickly and as compressed as these schedules become, you want a lot of options. Hmm. So even if you know, even if it's not the most exciting to enter a gold cup and not have your Polisics and your McKinney's and your sergeants and those kinds of guys, uh, you still need to have those players that are ready to go at the international level. And as uh, Greg said uh, multiple times, he's not just here to run out a roster and, you know, play out the tournament. They do want to win. They are going to try to compete and we'll see tonight how they look against Jamaica. It was nice to get the winner against Canada, even though it was not, you know, it was probably a game that Canada dominated for the most part, especially in the second mm -hmm. half. But uh, you know, sometimes you score the old early goal and you hold on. Uh, what are your predictions for tonight's game? USA and Jamaica versus Canada and Costa Rica. Why don't you predict that Jamaica wins since you're wrong about these? All the time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, I'm trying to see. I was trying to see what Zimmerman's injury status was. He's not playing tonight. Uh -huh. It's a hamstring injury, so I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. Like Walker Zimmerman has probably been my most improved player of this term as far as like most improved status on this team. So losing him kind of hurts, especially on that back end where we're not extremely deep, uh, especially at center back. But he's got two last names. Walker Zimmerman. If you've noticed that, I did know that, but he does. <laughs> but I don't know. I think we. I don't see us losing to Jamaica for as good of a team Jamaica is. All things considered, mm -hmm. I just don't see it happening. I think this team has been able to score enough to where, like, hopefully you don't have to grind out a loss or extra time against them. Winning in the final against either Mexico or Qatar, I think it's going to be a different story. But if we reach the final, that's. I've always said that if we reach the final, that's where I kind of rank this. We don't need a win, but we at least seem to get there. And yeah. it's going to be a tough road because on the other side, Costa Rica and Canada, whoever play there is going to be a tough game again, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, John Luca Busio has been, look at how well I pronounced that. That was, that was good. I felt good about that. Uh, has been a breakout player of the tournament. He's just 19, right? Yep, 19 yep. years old. A young 19, too. Born in May. Uh, and is no longer property or seemingly no longer in property of the uh, sporting Kansas City. I almost said the Kansas City Wizards for a second. There. <laughs> uh, I'm out. That's a touch, whole. That's kids. a whole rebranding. Yeah, that's like seven <laughs> years ago or something. Probably longer than that. Anyway, he's off to Venezia um, to continue his uh, training as a young soccer superstar, mm. future world cup winning uh central midfielder yeah how do you feel about what you've seen from him a little a little shaky a little good and, and bad from the 19 year old but um what do you think about his performance and then the move to uh, venezia yeah so starting off with how he stunned the gold cup i thought like through the first two games that he was maybe one of the better players on the field and especially that second game but then the game against canada he didn't like as great and I, some of that could probably come down to just the amount of games that they played in a short amount of time and being mm -hmm. a 19 year old you know for the most part unless you're just superstar level you're going to have those off games especially as you're stepping into that kind of ups updated status of being one of the better players you're asking a lot out of a kid to be that facilitator in the midfield and for someone like Buzio who being in Kansas city and going to sporting games relatively often, I've seen him, you know, come on as a 15 year old. He was the second youngest 
player to make his MLS debut outside mm-hmm. of who Steven, who was the youngest quick, quick question. Oh, Oh God, my brain's freezing. What do you do? It's Freddie you do. Freddie you do is the answer oh, to all youth oh, MLS questions. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so obvious. Um, but seeing him grow from a player who, you know, definitely had talent, but was really apprehensive and He struggled a lot in his first couple of years coming in, but he's really grown into this role. He's been really good in MLS this year, so it's like the perfect time for him to make that jump. I don't know how I feel about him going to Venezia. He was a newly promoted Serie A team, and Mm -hmm. he's like going to be the best player on that team, which is maybe not the best role for him right now. I would probably rather him see go to one of those upper half teams in Serie A, like a like an Atalanta, like a Sassuolo, like a, you know, one of those teams that are really good at developing players, an Inter, a Juventus, so to speak. But give him to Serie A, I think it at least gets him exposure, it gets him in front of the eyes, and then if Venezia go back down, then at least he'll have played in Serie A and will probably get transferred within the league, I would think. Yeah, yeah, plus uh, Venezia's colors are orange black and green oh, yeah. so those some real... jerseys are real nice yeah some real nice kit potential right there and easy has a lot of good vibes you know they have that stadium right on the ocean you know you have to take a boat to get there they have great jerseys i like everything about them outside of their play on the field so far <laughs> i want to take a boat to the stadium i do too that's awesome um yeah yeah, I'm excited. They've also got plans for a bold new stadium that looks like the uh, Allianz Arena. So, you know, I just I like of- the idea of Cristiano Ronaldo having to take like a canoe to get to the stadium and then playing in front of like 5000 fans or whatever their stadium capacity is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Um, so that's good for him. Uh, a lot of kids playing in this tournament, a lot of kids playing in MLS. Hashtag play your kids. Uh, thoughts on just the youth movement in general that we've seen lately and um, Busio being among them, but some of the even younger, uh, you know, players than that, that we've seen play in MLS recently and, and in other venues. Yeah. Full disclosure. I wanted to talk about this because we were talking about the St. Louis Academy today, but also because I want to put a dig at Austin who Midweek, Austin plays Seattle, who is decimated by injuries and Olympic closures and losing players everywhere. Um, They play five U19s, including a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old against FC Austin and win one nothing off a Rallery Diaz goal from like 40 yards away. So A 15-year-old is a child. That is a kid. (laughs) That is a child playing in the highest level of American soccer. Yeah, and they like... And you got beat by them, Austin. That's Um, embarrassing. I I mean, great for the child, but embarrassing for Austin. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. So we talked about Buzio being one of the youngest players to debut. The players that have been younger than Busia to debut now are Alfonso Davies, Freddie Adu, and now we have Obed Vargas, Danny Leva, and Reed Baker-Whiting from FC Dallas, who are now in that top five for youngest players to debut, and they did so in one single game. Yeah, fantastic. I love this sport. I just want that to be known. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome I don't know. It's cool to think that your youngest players can debut, you know, your young stars can debut just at any time and step right into Mm. the game. That says a lot about Seattle's development and everything else um, that they do so well. It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting how good of a franchise. (laughs) Disgusting. It's gross. But I think it just goes to show that like Seattle is the model franchise of, they have a lot of young kids come in from their youth development. You could step in, they can sell those kids on to Europe. And then they use that money to reinvest into the squad. Whereas FC Dallas have this incredible academy who we're going to talk about here in a second, just turning out Europe ready players, but then they like don't reinvest any of that money into the squad. So that's why they typically are in the bottom of MLS, despite having all this exciting young talent. Um, Seattle, I don't need to tell you guys is just, you know, they do things right. Do things the right way. That's right. Uh, also, 18 um, year old Ricardo Pep. Pepe, I want to say Ricardo Pepsi, uh, scored in MLS's youngest hat trick 
Uh, he's scoring a goal per 97 minutes this season, only outpaced by Chicharito's goal per 86 minutes this season. How do you feel about Pepe? Yeah, he's having one of the best young MLS seasons that we've ever seen. And like, nobody's watching it because of everything else that's been going on. Yeah. Uh, MLS has been playing Steven. I don't know if you're aware I of that, know, but I barely, <laughs> and I really wanted to watch it more this year, but it's so, there's so much. Soccer. There's just like way too much Steven watch, you know, yeah. what do I even watch? I got national team games to watch. I have <laughs> Europe soccer to watch and MLS is just plugging on along. Um, yeah. Just eight goals and 14 appearances though. Very nice. Another American, mm -hmm national um who that probably needs to get way to europe pretty soon yeah it needs to get cap tied real bad because he also has uh mexican allegiances as well although he's played in the youth national team and hasn't really yeah. said anything about playing for mexico but that's always a worry in the back of every american fan's mind get him in greg get him in greg cap tied that kid yeah i agree uh i think um I think we should transition. We didn't really transition directly from this, but from a team that gets everything right in the Seattle Sounders to a team that gets everything wrong in Atlanta FC. At least lately. Oh, uh, firing their coach, Gabriel. Is it pronounced Hinsay? I think so. I believe I, so. I've heard it oh, pronounced Hinsay and I've heard it pronounced Heinz, and I have no idea. All of my German training would say <laughs> Heinz or Heinze. Yeah, because EI is always I in German. But Stephen, um, is um, there? Do you, you typically have German names in Argentina? Is that a thing that happened at one point in time? Uh, that's uh, a pretty suspicious thing. I would say. <laughs> we tend to know where the German names in Brazil and Argentina come from, and uh, I don't like it. I'm just interested. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would worry about that a little bit, but uh, he is gone now very quickly. So you don't need to worry about it. No one needs yeah. to worry. He's out of here. <laughs> yeah. The, um, best Atlanta FC coach since Frank DeBoer, bar none. Uh, but how do you feel about the standings? How do you feel about Atlanta, uh, currently in 10th in the Eastern conference, but you know, not that far out of it. Yeah. To um, talk about Atlanta first, I find them so interesting, especially after firing their coach, 14 games into the season or whatever we are now mm -hmm. um like i looking at the standings you look at everything atlanta's done but then you look at the talent on atlanta's roster and you think like they should there is no excuse for them not to be a freaking playoff team seven right. teams make it in the east even uh but they currently have 14 points out of 15 games they just lost to columbus last night in what was the emotional return of joseph martinez had that like big game feel and it feels like losing that one might crush them for yeah. a while after having some momentum from earlier this week although they tied cincinnati so i'm not sure why you're getting momentum from that uh However, looking at the standings, there's also the dumpster fire that is Miami and Chicago underneath them and Toronto underneath them. So we have a lot of underperforming higher caliber MLS teams, which leaves New England Revolution as the number one team of the East right now. How yeah. does that feel? How does that feel to you, Steven? That feels <laughs> super weird. Uh, that whole top three feels pretty weird to mm -hmm. me. Nashville and Orlando. I did want to mention every team, the four teams directly ahead of Atlanta in the standings right now have at least a game or two on hand or in hand on them. Um, so that's also not good. I, mm. I know it's pretty early in the season to be talking about games in hand, but it does fit the picture for sure. Um, I mean, when you have the same points per game as Cincinnati that's not usually a good sign that's not ideal <laughs> you want to avoid that for sure um so yeah not good for Atlanta but New England Nashville Orlando on the top three right here yeah New I England every, off of, as everyone called from the yeah from the very beginning although like New England New England's getting good play um yeah that's that's the thing is that they have Gustafa Bao who's been just fantastic and that's I mean they have Obviously, Bruce Arena knows how to coach. I mean, his whole goal in MLS is just to get to the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's kind of like, kind of like, I don't even know what the comparison would be, but he's just going to make the playoffs with whatever team he coaches. Then you give him a superstar level player. Uh, Nashville have been playing this well off the back of Walker Zimmerman, Zimmerman just being such a 
stalwart defender this year and they have a decent team around him maybe without Virgil van Dyke of uh southeastern mos they yeah say. steven you spent some time in nashville recently what was the vibe down there <laughs> you know i i would love to trash nashville because of all the reasons uh uh-huh. but, all the reasons we would an, like to trash nashville it's a nice city man it's got it's got some good vibage going on broadway a little too much for me that's not my scene yeah. i'm a little i'm a, i'm a lot too introverted to <laughs> spend any time down there and really enjoy myself but uh you know a lot of great food a lot of a lot of good vibes it just feels like a city on the rise, if you mm. will, which is not a feeling you get in St. Louis much. So, uh, you know, maybe a little more these days. You're building an MLS stadium that really, you know, feels like they're rehabbing downtown a little bit. But uh, Nashville, obviously, is one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. for a reason. And it was a cool place to spend a couple of days. I can't deny. And you got some inside knowledge into the fan base. I saw. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Namely that they love hot chicken and that their hot chicken restaurants half-heartedly paste stickers of the soccer team That's on good. their cash registers That's good to as, know. If, as if they care. They couldn't even <laughs> spell Walker Zimmerman. Um, the bottom, the rest of the playoff teams, currently playoff teams, Columbus, Philadelphia, Montreal, New York City. Uh, who do you think is most likely to fall out of that group? I mean, probably Montreal. Uh, New York has been iffy at times, but I think they have enough to, they have James Sands enough to stick in there. Uh, Montreal is definitely the arbitrage of that group, if you ask me, Um, if anyone is to work their way up. But, you know, none of those teams at the bottom half have looked great either, despite their better talent. Yeah, yeah, I think... uh... I think it's not, I don't know. It doesn't feel like that strong a, a conference. You no, know? it really doesn't. <laughs> even even the top half, but especially in the bottom and the middle, it's like, okay, any of these teams could pull away, but like who cares mm. after Philadelphia, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, in MLS, that's usually how it goes. The West yeah, is a lot stronger, sure. but uh, this year. For sure. I think that's true. And, you know, we've got Seattle over there, KC, LA, both LA's. Colorado sneaking into fourth. They're doing well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minnesota, the loons, (laughs) they are loony. And right now, Portland sitting outside the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, Seattle until recently hadn't lost a game. They lost to Minnesota, like, first game back after the Gold Cup. But like we said earlier, they're missing so many players that you kind of expected it. Uh, Portland sitting out is very surprising. I think that's so much of a under play for them that it's surprising them see to see them outside of the playoff picture in any way temporary i would probably temporary i would think that i would bet all of my money that salt lake would not make it and they would make it but we'll see yeah and uh austin fc right now the uh last place team in the western conference would be tied with or ahead of four teams in the east so that kind of gives you a point although steven it's hot competition because points per game dallas san jose vancouver and Atlanta are all tied with 0.93 and they are also tied with the aforementioned cincinnati Mm. and and Ah, so uh six teams dallas san jose vancouver austin atlanta and the powerhouse that is cincinnati uh-huh. uh all <laughs> tied there so you know what you know. i love about cincinnati is that they're trying they're trying to be good they're trying to like oh, for sure. money into the team and they, yeah this they is their can't. first time out of last place and the, it's not looking yeah. good either <laughs> yeah it's not great uh you know what is looking good though justin some of these Premier League kits that okay. we've seen so far for the 2020-21 season. How'd you like that transition? Was this that is good. This good? is honestly, this is my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, talking. this is really the only reason we're here um, <laughs> until we get to the, uh, you know, when we actually have a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about some jerseys. This is, a, I guess, going to be a good chunk of the podcast here, but we can talk with these over. This is a leaks footyheadlines.com. We can tweet this link out uh, after the podcast so that you can re- reference what we're referencing. But you want to just go through these alphabetically and talk yeah. about what we like and don't? I have some clear favorites and some clear not favorites, but we're yeah. going alphabetically here. 
Arsenal yeah. home. That's your typical Arsenal home. That's your know. classic. It's yeah, that's fine. Your, Nothing your wrong classic with that. Jersey. They didn't mess with it, and I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, the weight isn't bad either. It's a kind of yellowish, a light yellowish shirt. Yeah. With the uh, I do, a... I do like the Gunner logo. That is a good touch. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, and then let's talk about this third. Ooh, here we go. Oh boy, that is that is like '90s Taco Bell um but not in a nostalgic way just in a like that guy vomited in the corner sort of a way yeah um nothing oh nothing good about that having the adidas shoulder stripes somehow even makes it worse um i was just what were they thinking yeah i think okay so there are a couple things that could have saved this if the shirt pattern was going in this or the sleeve pattern was going in the same direction as the shirt that bugs uh-huh. me and then, of course, yep. yeah, the Adidas stripes just throwing it all off. That's like the one downside to Adidas that they have to put those stripes on the shoulders and it messes up so many of their designs. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's why superior teams like us uh, just make bajillion dollar deals with Nike. Uh-huh. Um, do we care about the goalkeeper? I don't think so. Jersey? We can we can skip I mean, that, past the goalkeeper. You know, that one looks pretty cool. That's, but... yeah, that's nice. Nice. Aston Villa staying pretty classic uh, with their homes. Those are nice. Those are queen. That's always a good color combination. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of that Avs color vibe, you know? Um, and that's all we've got for them right now is a yeah, home. It's so. a nice clean shirt. It's got some burgundy stripage going on with it. The, I kind of enjoy. The Kazoo, uh, you know, um, sponsorship. It's always a good one. The Brentford... Homes are classic red and white stripe, but the Hollywood Bets sponsorship, uh, really not great, especially that weird star thing that's yeah. throwing it off for me. That's I uh, think that's something that is so overlooked. I'm uh-huh. sure it's not overlooked, but uh, your sponsor needs to have a good logo design as well. That's going to that's gonna impact your jersey ratings. Something yeah. to think about in the future. I do like that's an Umbro jersey, though. I think that's fun. That's fantastic. And the yellow, the aways look very fresh to me. Mm. Um, I still hate the Hollywood Bets logo, but the rest of it, very nice. Uh, any any more thoughts on Brentford? No, I think that's good. I mean, it's it's very clean too, which yeah. I always appreciate just like those simple jerseys. Yeah, simple Brighton kits. Brighton is uh, our first Nike jersey here. Very, very nice. Very clean homes. Mm-hmm. I don't love that the American Express logo just interrupts the vertical stripes. Um, would have been cool. I don't know. Mm. Maybe there's no better way to do that. But uh, otherwise, very nice. Very, very solid. Nice, nice, just little touches of yellow to add that extra bit of um, color in there. I like it. I like that one a lot. The aways, I'm pretty good with those too. Mm. Um, sleeves are, you know, kind of all crazy and wacky, but it's limited enough that... <laughs> They feel, um, you know, they feel cool and modern and blue, but not I will say that you're going to notice a little bit of a Nike template in that in a lot of these away kits, the logo yeah. is blacked out, but uh-huh. I'm not sure how yeah. that impacts this one in particular. That's uh, that's believable. Nike's mm. Nike's that way a lot. Um, but that one looks I like that one a lot. That's a cool one. I do. If yeah. there was anyone I could name on Brighton and Hope Albion, I might buy a kid uh, the burnley also looking good they've got that same sort of aston villa color scheme this Their one sleeves. is yeah this is real good for me it's yeah. got that classic umbro logo it's got kind of a fun design on the sleeves but it doesn't take away from the shirt this is yeah. this is an a for me yeah this is solid uh the umbro very nice the crest very nice mm. i don't know what spread x sports is that sounds a little uh unintentionally dirty but you know other than that other than that pretty solid and this the tats on whoever they had model this also oh, yeah. very very nice sleeve uh oh chelsea i yikes. know i know <laughs> oh boy uh the three thing is bad enough like that's a weird sponsor and a weird logo and it doesn't tell you anything um you couldn't get hyundai to be like your main sponsor and three to be like your sleeve sponsor but then the rest of this is just like there's like five different patterns on this shirt there's five different patterns and there's like this neon yellow that they threw into the striping somehow yeah 
what is going on? This is a hardcore F. This is bad. Yeah, this is this is one of my least favorites. I texted you guys out of necessity the other day to tell you how much I hated this jersey. And yeah, the that's... fact that Christian Pulisic is going to be wearing this. Like, come yeah. on, the American hero has to wear this shit. Yeah, yeah, they should not have done that to him. That's not, <laughs> that's unfair. Uh, the away's pretty nice, though. Yeah, I like, I like the away's. The Target logo inside the sleeve, uh, inside the collar is a little weird. I don't know who's going to be seeing that, but they probably paid like $7 million to have a logo inside the collar uh-huh, of probably. Um, this uh, jersey. But, you know, again, the three is not a good look. I don't get what that is or what they do. But the rest of it, pretty nice. Uh, and the third's also not good. <laughs> or is it that? The, yeah, that's the third. Not the Yeah, good. like that's, it's a problem. Because I think Chelsea, for me, always had these like simple, clean, classic uh-huh. kits. And that was kind of always their appeal. Like that's what I remember, like playing FIFA games against like those classic Chelsea teams that it's just this nice, simple blue jersey. You got the blue jersey with the white socks. It looks great. Uh, but they're going away from that hardcore with this set. It's a clear F, an F minus for me even. Yeah, but speaking of the opposites of that, mm. oh, this Crystal Palace away jersey, I got to buy one of these. It's very nice. This is my only complaint so far is that the red and bl- blue striping on the left side, players left. Uh, should extend all the way up over the shoulder, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. everything out of, else about this is very nice. It is reminiscent of the Ukraine uh, Euro jerseys that we uh, like so much. Yeah. The eagle is patterned in there in the yellow, but it's kind of a darker yellow. It's so very it's, subtle, which I always yeah, appreciate. Yeah, it doesn't overpower the mm-hmm. jersey at all uh it's a puma which you know i like i think the logo works man just top marks for this any thoughts any other thoughts on that no i think you you summed it up well this is a good jersey it's not my favorite but it's up there on my ranking it's up there i've got a bit i've got to get a wilfred zaha um <laughs> or a christian benteke mm. uh, crystal palace jersey this season Kazoo there, uh, Everton. We've moved on to Everton. Another Kazoo-sponsored shirt, a Hummel brand shirt. Um, you know, I don't hate it. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't do a lot for me, but I don't hate it. Do you have I think, I think I expect more out of Hummel. So yeah. that is maybe impacting how I feel about this. I'm not a fan of that home shirt. I like the aways and I like the third, or the, I guess this is the goalkeeper home. I like that. Um, and I like the ways a lot, but not a fan of this homes. I think it's because like these yellow accents, I'm not a fan of. And then yeah. like the chevrons down the side, but um, yeah, look at you with your fancy Ooh. words. Uh, the away is very like clean and simple and just mm. very yeah, I like down. I like this a lot. It's kind of black with the maroon, which I'm not sure where that is in Everton's colors, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you never have to ask that question. It does. It's all made up. Um, and then, yeah, the goalkeeper homes are fun. There are mm-hmm. a lot going on there, but um, yeah, it's, it's all right. I mean, the, the home doesn't bother me as much as it seems to bother you, but it's mm-hmm. certainly not, it's certainly not amazing. The Leeds United home, uh, pretty good, pretty solid, very clean and white. Uh, the only, thing is that big black mm. sponsorship splotch on the shoulder which i would you know be against but they i guess made money for it so mm. nothing to complain about yeah. there and the adidas stripes always unnecessarily present mm. uh we've got a super close-up of the away so nothing too uh clear yet but it's got like but, a blue pattern going to it. it's kind of a yeah. camo ish i guess yeah like, dark blue it looks it looks fine from what we can see yeah. and their thirds are lavender oh yeah those are these are real nice yeah i like those a lot they're stripped down there maybe i need to get the pat patrick bamford jersey i didn't get last year and get it this year and that one. some patrick bamford leads third jersey I think yeah. I like, well, what I like about Leeds in general is that their jerseys are usually very simple um, just because that's their style. They have the simple white top. Of course, with Adidas, you have to have the yellow stripes, but that like third, because it's the white stripes and it's the white accent logos, I, I like it. That's That sings to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's solid. That's a very, you know, I think, I think with soccer jerseys, the temptation is to always do too much. Mm. And you can just do enough that, uh, you know, 
it's it's fine. You don't have to do a lot. You pick a unique color and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Leicester City's homes got to have a camo sort of digital camo pattern on them themselves. Gold and white on the collar and the sleeves, the Adidas stripes. I like it. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have strong opinions for it. It's just, I think it's a very good. It's it's not. I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, it's not my it, favorite, but yeah, it's good. They didn't do too much. The uh, sort of sky, not sky blue, more of a almost a teal, but not quite aqua. Um, Is that what you huh? call it? Would you call that aqua? Maybe I don't. Yeah, aqua is a good word for it. Yeah. Um, they called it light mint blue Ooh. in the description. That's, okay, that's pretty fair. Mint blue. Uh, I I kind of like it. I'm not totally sold on the patterns here, but it's sort of that Crystal Palace thing where it's so subtle that you mm. probably I almost really didn't notice, notice it at first, honestly. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's similar to the. Uh, Leeds one we just talked about they picked a unique color and just kind of kept it simple and didn't try to do a ton I think it's okay yeah I like that let's get to my team Liverpool (laughs) Um, third the homes are you know pretty safe they're not Mm. they've got a little bit of a lightning bolt thing going on that's probably unnecessary but um, they don't have the fancy collar this year that they had last year the little green worked in there what do you think about liverpool you're less biased than i am yeah i hate that nike has to throw in this like their template stuff on liverpool's jerseys of all things but yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's simple i like it yeah the aways on the other hand i love these mm. <laughs> um, like, I enjoy this. yeah they're sort of I, I think they're a, a little creamier colored than this photo it washes out a little bit makes it seem like they are but um basically has sort of an irish flag vibe mm. going on with the collar uh green and white and orange um but just very stripped down very simple i like how I like liverpool's away jerseys recently have been like national team jerseys they had like the orange and uh-huh i, I appreciate yeah it. it's, it's national point. team jerseys for nations that they aren't um <laughs> i mean i guess they have virgil you know so he's, yeah he probably feels pretty comfortable in orange virtual and genie when he was when he was still around um the thirds what are your thoughts on the thirds i don't know i i can't <laughs> tell if i like it or i hate it it's one of those things where the part that they did the so the that's all yellow with red and then the just the collar and the sleeves are a red and yellow checkerboard mm. pattern I think they probably limited it just enough that it's still pretty, like pretty likable and pretty. Yeah. Like probably in motion, it's probably very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's a risk. It's right there on the Mm. line. I feel like I agree. I agree. Uh, Cool. Kind of cool. Goalkeeper, you know, um, not that you could put Allison at anything to make him look anything less than a you know golden god of uh-huh, manliness true. but that's very true um but still nice look oh that's the, still the goalkeeper third man liverpool loves having a lot of jerseys uh man city their homes very simple very standard nothing to feel strongly about either way in my yeah, opinion yeah this is like the same man city home they've had for like five years yeah. now yeah so you can't mess with perfection Ooh, I like this. I this like the nice. way. I'll my Man City bias side. This is a good jersey. This is very. That's good. uh, yeah. It's got like not quite rainbow and like the traditional colors of the rainbow. That you it's think like of, that more of a shine. Yeah, when you like, it's almost like the shine off the back of like a CD, like that kind yeah. of shine. That's that's nice, and it's stripped down enough again that you like aren't overwhelmed by it, no. but it's just there. That's really good. That looks good. If it looks as good in action as it does on here, I'll really mm-hmm. like it. It could could be one of those things that sort of washes out when you're actually watching a game and it just looks kind of boring. But uh, if it looks that good, I'm all in. Although, and then we, the thirds. <laughs> oh, not. We good. move from the brilliance of that second uh, T-shirt. I think they're going to wear as their third jersey. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> Tell us about this one, Justin. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have the Man City crest on it. It just has the Puma logo uh, like in the center, like you would if you were to buy like a fanatic jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, like just Man City in letters across with blue stripes above and below, and then the Ed logo, and then it's just 
navy, I guess. Is that navy or black? I navy, navy, I think. Yeah. Um, not good. That's bad. Real. It's like, yeah, That's you're gonna pay eighty dollars for a t-shirt uh, that yeah. you could buy from Fanatics that you could make yourself <laughs> with like yeah. a paintbrush and some sketching so you get, you get an a jersey and an f jersey from them which is very yeah. impressive yeah very good uh goalkeeper jersey looks cool that's that's you know, a good that's, one though that's all right all right talk about your boys talk about man united yeah this man united home is probably my favorite home jersey they've had in a while it's kind of that classic this is their like 70s and 80s jersey where you had the simple white collar on the sleeves and the uh color of the shirt of course, you have the Adidas stripes, but this is the first time they've had a plain red jersey in a while. Usually they have some designs on them. Um, this has, yeah. I guess, like light stripes, but you almost can't see them. Um, it's a good jersey. I like it. It's, it's nice, simple. I don't know what team viewer is, uh, but I, I like either. everything else about it. And Cole's. I don't know how you go from Chevy <laughs> to team viewer as your yeah. sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. When when uh, Coles pays for its sponsorships, do you think they pay in sterling or euros or in Coles cash? Which I think Coles cash. It's just yeah. as good. It's just as good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the owners of Man United just have $700 million uh-huh. of Coles cash. They oh, can yeah. Buy when, s- when they need to buy a new shirt, it's just. They can buy they so many socks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about these aways? That we're okay, these at? aways are my favorite jersey out of. I think oh, yeah. I haven't decided what my favorite is yet, but this is my top three. This is a good jersey. Tell us about it. Walk, so, it through, walk us through it. All right. So it has red accents. So your typical Manchester red is your accents of the logos mm-hmm. and the stripes. And then it has this sky blue, white kind of diagonal pattern going mm-hmm. across it and it works really well the accent of the sky blue and the red um and then of course the white trimming of the sleeves and the collar of the shirt i like it yeah i think it's nice i want to see a better representation of mm-hmm. it than this one that we're looking at but i like it um how about the thirds how do you feel yeah, about these i don't feel as good about the thirds <laughs> like jerseys but they're not terrible the Manchester United thirds are always a trip. Uh, last yeah. year, of course, famously, you had the zebra third with the zebra shorts that they didn't end up wearing, but they promoted mm-hmm. and everyone hated. Uh, this one isn't quite as like, it isn't quite as atrocious as the last few have been. So I think you give them points there. Although yeah. I do own the one from two years ago that is also, I thought was terrible, but I love wearing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you got to wear whatever you makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Newcastle United coming in strong with the black and white home. Real mm-hmm. boring. I can't feel anything about this. I mean, it's fine. It's what they wear. It's a fine. Lot, but, yeah. Uh, it's fine. The, the keeper is the only other one we have. And that is very nice. They should have made that the third or the away or something. Oh, yeah. Um, another lavender. Lavender coming in strong in the Premier League. I year. think... I don't like when teams that traditionally have vertical stripes go to like bigger stripes. So instead of like, say five or seven, they just have the three stripes across the front. I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. like that as much in the grand scheme of design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to the boys. You know, you know who we're talking about. You know, Um, it's a good vibe. I feel good about this. Uh I'm not totally sold on the sleeves, but I think they could be really cool. When you start to see them. In yeah, motion. it's not as 92, 93 as I want it to be, as I want all mm-hmm. North jerseys to be. Well, this is sure. pretty good. Yeah. Always. You always <laughs> want it to be further along that line. And I think but... uh, this is a instance of the sponsor working well with the jersey, I think, too. Yeah, Lotus. Very nice. I think that works well. The crest is classic. Mm. Joma apparently makes these and their logo is pretty subtle and nothing, not a big distraction. So just solid goalkeepers all we have for them otherwise um but you know looks good these southampton jerseys i like a ton i mean it's pretty pretty much their usual vibes i do think the sort of patterns of downward facing triangles on the white stripes versus red uh red upward triangles on the red stripes is sort of just a symbolic representation of their constant struggle with the relegation line but um other than that you know very good I think so the red you're going up, but you're in the red. Uh, The white is after you sell all those players and then you go down. Yeah, then you're going down and fighting with relegation. Yeah. But man, those are, I like those. Those may be one of my favorites we've seen so far. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, And there are ways, you know, yellow and blue, they do that a fair amount, I want to say. And not terrible. 
not yeah. nothing wrong with it it's just simple uh their third sort of somewhere black with red accents i like those too i would mm. say probably my favorite as a whole so far that we've yeah, seen of the three like if you're gonna yeah. buy three jerseys and you have to buy the same team's three jerseys i think southampton is a safe bet yeah for sure uh, i like all of those and they're even their goalkeepers it's are a good goalkeeper nice. jersey yeah goalkeeper third very nice uh tottenham their homes you know what they look like you've seen mm. them a million times uh that's almost more boring than usual but oh you know. oh but steven they're gonna make up uh, for it wow <laughs> that's so atrocious that i love it i yeah that's where i am too it's it's a fantastic so, jersey uh for those of you who haven't seen the tottenham aways yet it's like a galaxy of colors uh ink spots and venom green logos and it's fantastic it's yeah it's, it's gross it's ugly i mean it's, it's awful fantastic. and horrible and i love it <laughs> i truly love it oh my god i hadn't seen their thirds yet oh either. yeah so they said we're gonna go with our usual home Ooh. jersey our simple white jersey with the blue crest the aia jersey the aia logo and then okay going into the we're seconds just gonna and thirds. vomit all over these thirds <laughs> these thirds are horrifyingly bad they call I this love, color wild berry but it's I like love them so but much. it's not even i don't i can't even describe this jersey because the color is so random on it but it's like wild berry this purplish color with like a yellow pale yellow but then there's designs underneath it it's it's fantastic this is leopard spots i mean um, this is like a modern this is a modern classic. That's a masterpiece. <laughs> I think in 30, 30 years, we'll uh-huh. be looking back on these the same way we currently look back on Norwich. I uh, think so. Yeah. 20 or, you know, 1993 or whenever it was. Let's move on to our boys. Uh, my boys, at least Watford. This is the one right here. This mm. is the vibe. I feel real good about this home jersey for Watford and their return, right? To the return. Premier League. Coming back up stake.com s-t-a-k-e so i'm assuming it's a betting site of some i believe variety. so yes. i think uh, it's a crypto betting site actually yeah that feels right <laughs> tell me um you know because if you lose crypto you're not losing real money ah uh, right tell me uh is the jersey creator here and they've done a dynamite job yellow this is good sides uh black you know kind of uh, horizontal stripes, but it's a pattern of fading thicker and thicker stripes. I just like this a lot. This looks great. Mm. Yeah, not revealing my favorites yet, but this uh, this is definitely in the top three. Um, yeah. This this is you know we'll talk about our favorites at the end, but yeah, this is good. Um, aways, they're fine. I just mm. it's a ref, it's a little hard to see how much that pattern's going to play um, on a you know on a in motion jersey because it does have one of those kind of marbly sort of paint mixing mm. patterns uh so that can make a big difference and the uh thirds they're horrifying they're terrible yeah that's not great i don't know why people think <sighs> there's like weird circles in the middle of the stripes like if those just weren't there maybe it'd be okay yeah i'm wondering if some of that is this rendering too maybe um, yeah i, I hope so because that's so weird and out of place uh, but their goalkeeper camo purple, pretty cool. It's good. I like that. Uh, getting down to the end here, West Ham, you know, you know, they're the same as uh, a couple other teams with their red, you know, kind of burgundy and blue, mm. but looking sharp, their homes always look real nice. I think yeah, always... it has those like Umbro uh, colors that mm-hmm. like are that, those real like starchy. Uh, it's nice. Um, yep. There are ways also, I think very, very, very cool. Oh, yeah. Those look good. Um, Betway and sponsor on those um, and on their homes and their thirds. We're just looking at one that's been cast onto the ground. So, <laughs> you know, hard to make a fair judgment, but it looks fine. Not nothing adventurous. I would say yeah. West Ham loses points for daringness, um, but all of their jerseys are pretty fine. Mm. It's, it's a good contender for if you had to buy three jerseys, it would be. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Wolverhampton homes. I love the color of it. I don't love the sponsor, Man Bet X, with some uh, you know Chinese or Japanese characters there. Um, but the color looks good. Uh, the aways are even simpler, kind of white with some stripy patterns and actually, little accents of gold. I like those aways a lot. Actually, yeah, yeah, they're fine. I like them a lot. 
Um, and then the third or the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper is pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of design going on there. I think Watford could be very clean. It's hard to yeah. tell, uh, hard to tell all of these are renderings. Most of them aren't on actual players, um, but they look good. So Justin, I'm going to go through here real quick. I'm going to say Southampton's home, maybe my overall number one. Okay. I really like it. I, it's just, it I didn't just realize it was that good. strong for you. Yeah. The um, Manchester City away, very high on my list, mm. uh, as is the Liverpool away. I'm a little biased there, obviously. And that third jersey we lingered on for Leeds is just very, very, very nice. And then, you know what? I might, I might move the Crystal Palace away up to my true number one. I just really like it. I think it's it's very mm. solid overall. The eagle being worked in there, like you, if they hadn't had that, it would still be pretty high on my list because the colors just work. But I think having that and making it as subtle as they did, but doing that successfully, took a lot of guts and they pulled it off. Of so I really like it. What yeah, are for, some of your favorites here? For me, my top three that. That leads third is fantastic. That is such a good jersey. Like that's Steve. That might be my purchase this year. Um, yeah. Second, it's gonna be that United second. I like that jersey a lot. That's also in a strong contention for jersey. I'll actually buy this year. And then the Watford home, of course. That's number one. Where what would it be any different? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's some strong contenders this year. Honestly, like I like that Leicester away also. Yeah, there are some really good ones. Um, I'm excited, man. I know the Premier League starts. It's just around the corner. Um, I need Liverpool to sign about four more players before then. But other than that, I'm really, I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited to see. I hope some of the teams like Brentford and Watford can make some noise. Any other Fords, all of the Fords, really. I hope they can make some noise. Uh, but yeah, it's an exciting time to be a soccer fan. This whole summer has been the summer of soccer mm -hmm. and it's just going to keep, it's just going to roll right into the regular season for all these big leagues. Yeah. And we got so. world cup qualifying right around the corner too. It's yeah. just nonstop. It's indeed nonstop. So Justin, that's an episode. I think that's all we've got in the notes. Anything else you wanted to cover before we get out of here? No, it's good. I guess next time we'll come together. We can talk some Premier League predictions. We can talk some MLS again. And uh, maybe we'll have STL City news. Who knows? Yeah, probably a rendering or two. Almost yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Folks. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are always in the renderings that are foremost in our hearts. So thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you all real soon. Adios. Banderas en el aire y sube la emoción Un juego se convierte en una religión Sube la respiración, lo siento por dentro Solo tengo una misión, fuerte como el viento